Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, well, good morning. I should say good morning to the remnant. All right, so this, well, I, I shouldn't say that this might be what a Sunday morning looks like um, after the rapture. Um, it, so, uh, yeah, because you, you don't want to be here to see that, do you? Well, whenever I see something like this, especially around this time of the, the season, I think of a young man who had just finished seminary, and he had been called to a church to be their pastor in Wyoming. Now, sight unseen, he'd never been to the church. He just um, finished college and put a, his resume out there, and this church was desperate, and, and so they called him. And so uh, when he arrived to this town, it was uh, in the middle of a winter uh, storm, and in Wyoming, those things can be bad. And so he shows up at the church, and, and literally, it's just him and one other guy. And so he waits till about time to, to start, and, and uh, he gets up and he says, well, he goes, I, I hope you don't mind, um, but I'd, I'd like to go ahead and, and preach my message that I prepared. And the, the gentleman was sitting there on the third row, and, and uh, he said, well, he goes, he goes, I'm not a preacher, he goes, but, but I'm a, a rancher. And um, if uh, I went out to feed the cattle, and you know, only one showed up, I, I'd feed them. He goes, well, thank you, you know, and so uh, this young man, he started preaching. He preached for 90 minutes, just him and, and that rancher. And then at the end of it, uh, he went down to the rancher and he goes, well, uh, you know, what'd you think? And the rancher said, well, you know, he says, I'm not a preacher, I'm a rancher. And, and I got to tell you, though, if, if I, I went out and only one of, of the cows showed up, I, I don't think I'd have given him the whole wagon. And so, um, well, I, I'm going to give you the whole wagon, but the, the wagon this week is a, uh, a message that I think that probably all of us need to hear. And so here's what I, I ask. Um, how many people here need to hear from God today? Amen. All right. You, you're in the right place. Okay. If you're watching online, you're in the right place. And so what I want to do is I'm going to pray in just a second. And, and as I pray, I want you to go to the Lord in prayer. And I just want you to tell God, I need to hear from you. And allow him to speak to you through this message. God, I thank you so much for um, all that is happening, Lord. The, the tough things that we are facing as a country. The turmoil that uh, we are experiencing in our own personal lives. And God, I just ask that the message that you have for us today, that your Holy Spirit will speak to each of us and, and allow our hearts to hear this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I want to say welcome to the season of Advent. I talked to you about the liturgical church calendar last week and, and how that they have multiple different events that last sometimes more than one day and sometimes just a day. And the season of Advent is four weeks long. And so we are in week number two of the season of Advent. And each one of the weeks, there's a word that is associated. And uh, so, so let me share with you today's Bible verse. And it comes from Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. 
And the, the verse says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now, last week, if you were here, if you watched the message, you'll know that the message was about hope. And the, the, the key word to hope is the word that none of us, especially this time of year, want to hear, and that is waiting. Remember, I talked about how the, the kids, they've got to wait another 30 days for Santa Claus to come. And Isaiah, he had to wait 700 years for the Messiah to come. But that's what hope is all about. Because if you can see it, it's not hope. It's when you can't see it. And maybe you're here today and, and you need in some hope. You can't see what victory looks like. And all you have to hang on to is hope. And what's in, interesting about the Bible when it talks about this in Hebrews, it says that faith is a substance of things hoped for. See, there is no substance to hope. It's something we try to grab onto, but we don't see it. But that was last week. And, and then in this verse, you see it says, fill you with all joy. Joy is next week. So I'm not going to talk to you about joy, although I'm sure we all need some joy. Amen. All right. Um, I want to talk to you about the word peace today. And the, the word peace, the, when we hear this in the Bible, it's easy for us to think of war and peace. And peace is that time when there's an absence of conflict. You know, maybe it, it's this time of year when you get together as family and, and it's how long before the peace becomes conflict? How long before the conversation goes to politics? How long before the conversation goes to that one relative that everybody loves to hate on? That's not what the Bible means when it talks about peace. What the Bible is referring to, matter of fact, the, the uh, Hebrew word is shalom. And when someone would say shalom, um, they would be saying what we would mean peace, but it had a much deeper meaning. And, and what shalom meant was fullness, wholeness, completeness. I think about Sunday nights, and uh, there's a call that a group of men get on called the Legacy Builders. And typically after each one of those, I'll see a message from Josh Cross, and he'll, he'll put it down there, men, my heart is full. That's what peace looks like because it, it it's easy for us to think that just not having conflict just not having trouble that's what peace is no that's not peace peace is when everything is as it should be matter of fact as the bible teaches peace what it talks about is restoring that which is broken and making it whole you know we all come into this world that way broken we all come into this world sinners and it's the peace that Jesus brought at Christmas years, decades, thousands of years ago that allows us to have an excitement during this time of year. Well, let me read you a, a story about this time of year where the last thing that we saw was peace. And it's in the um, book of Luke in the second chapter. I'm just going to read two verses. Luke 2, 9 and 10. And in verse 9, it says this, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Who's them? It's the shepherds. So the shepherds are out watching the flocks, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. 
Now, if you, if you remember back to Romans 15, it talks about being filled with joy and being filled with peace. These shepherds weren't filled with joy. These shepherds weren't filled with peace. They weren't filled with shalom. They were filled with great fear. And then the angels gave them a message, and it said this. And the angels said unto them, fear not. How many, anybody in here ever been afraid? I mean, the fear could be for some, a family member. Uh, the fear could be that you might get fired. The fear might be uh, that that check that you wrote is going to bounce before um, you have a chance to get to the bank to put money in. But let me ask you this. Have you experienced great fear? Fear that paralyzes you. Fear that keeps you from speaking. It makes you go into a, a hole and, and, and cower. That's where the shepherds were. They were experiencing great fear. They were experiencing fear that most of us probably in our lifetime don't know what that's like. And then here's the words that the angel spoke. Fear not. And here's what I would tell you. If you're in a place today where uh, you are, have some fear in your life, Here's what God's message to you is. Fear not. Now, that seems too easy. Let me share with you. Uh, uh, if you would, if you brought your Bible, open up to the book of Mark. If you didn't bring a Bible, I would encourage you to look in front of you. In every pew, there is a Bible there. If you don't own a copy of God's Word, if you'll open that up, there's a message in there, and that says, make this copy yours. And you can take this with you, put your name in it. It's a gift from us. To you. Why? Because I can't think of any better gift to give someone than the Word of God. Amen? Amen? So if you've got your Bibles, find Mark chapter 9. Now I'm going to read a lot of these verses. This is a, a, a pretty big story, but there's a very powerful message in this big story. Now Jesus and three of his closest disciples have just had um, the experience of what they call the Mount of Transfiguration. And if you read the first uh, eight verses in this, or the first 13 verses in here, what you'll find out is that their garments glowed white. Think about the angels. It said that the glory of the Lord shone. This is what was happening to um, the three disciples who were with Jesus up on the mountain. Their garments were glowing. And the Bible tells us that it was a white, it was a most unnatural white that, you, that we would see on earth. In verse 14 it says, And when they came to the disciples, who were the, the other disciples that had not gone up onto the mountain, they saw a great crowd around them and the scribes arguing with them. In verse 15, And immediately all the crowd when they saw him were greatly amazed. Why were they greatly amazed when they saw Jesus? Because he was glowing. The garments were glowing. They had, no one had seen anything like this before. And they were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able to. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. 
And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And the father said, from childhood. Verse 22. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, folks, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but, you know, sometimes when we picture Jesus, um, we picture, you know, how he just handled everything perfectly. But Jesus was fully human. And we see his humanity here in verse 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can. Now think about this. They're looking at Jesus. He's glowing. Um, the other three disciples that were with him are still glowing from the experience on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus comes down and, and this father had only one purpose in mind when he woke up that day. And that was to find Jesus and to get his son healed. And then when he's standing in front of Jesus and Jesus asks, what can I do for you? He says, well, if you could. I wonder, I just wonder if maybe that father's not the only person. Maybe there's people here in this room today that when you go to God in prayer, you still go with that same attitude. Well, God, if you could. And you forget all of the times that he has. You forget all of the promises where he's done this before. That's what this father was dealing with. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe! Help my unbelief. And immediately, uh, when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But you know one of the hardest things to go through a, a, a battle, a spiritual battle is? all the naysayers around you because what happens is like you're clinging on you're hanging on to hope there is no evidence but you're hanging on because there was a promise that you read in scripture somewhere and then you get that encounter and you see god start to work and the people closest to you start telling you why it's not going to work and why it won't work for you and why you should be worried the kid's dead you came to Jesus to heal him and he killed him. But that's not the end of the story, is it? In verse 27, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why would we not cast it out? And listen, and he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but by prayer. I want you to think about that. This kind cannot come about but by prayer.
How many times does life happen to us and the last thing we do is pray? And what Jesus is telling us here, the first thing we need to do is pray. And not just pray, but pray believing. If I, I took you back to the first verse where it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, you can't experience peace unless you experience faith in believing. Okay, so, so let me bring us to 2020 and give you perspective 2020 on peace in this season of Advent. And, and maybe you're saying to yourselves, okay, I get it. The, you know, um, I see the angels came down and they, they spoke to the shepherds. You know, and, and you have never experienced an angel. And you're like, well, if, if, if an angel would come into my life and an angel would do what he did for the, the shepherds, I'd, I'd believe. I'm here to tell you that, that that's not going to change it. Or, or maybe you're thinking that, well, if I was that father, if, if I had Jesus right there in front of me and Jesus told me that he was going to fix the problem, he was going to heal my son, he was going to, whatever it is that's keeping you from experiencing peace, whatever it is that's broken in your life, whatever it is that's missing, and Jesus was right here and he's telling you, what do you need me to do? If that was the case, I could believe. And I'm here to tell you that that's not going to happen either. This is 2020. This is that year that no one shall speak of after we get beyond it. Amen. For sure. And here's what Jesus would tell you if he was sitting right across from you. Got it on good authority. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Here's what I love about Scripture is Scripture meets us right where we're at. It meets us right where we're at. And, and watch what happens here in these couple of verses. And what you're going to find out is that, what he, first of all, he's going to do is say, don't do this. Then he's going to give him the reason why you shouldn't do this. And then he's going to give him what he should do. And I'm going to read three of these verses um, in this passage between Matthew 6, between verse 25 and verse 33. I'm just going to read three verses to you. And the first verse is uh, verse 25 where he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. Okay, anxious is a, co a code word for fear. And what Jesus is saying, fear not. And fear not about your life what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Why? He gives the answer in verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, by fearing, by worrying, can add a single hour to his span of his life? All right, don't do this. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't worry. Why? Because you, your worrying gets nothing done. Matter of fact, your worrying is going to hurt everything that you're trying to accomplish. The relationships that you're trying to build, worry destroys them. The strength that you need, the intestinal fortitude that it requires for you to go through, worry destroys that. And then in verse 33, he gives the, the rest of the story. Here's what you should do. 
but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. What is all these things? It's shalom. It's the peace that we need. It's what's missing in our life. Do it right now. Take a mental inventory. What is missing in your life? And God says, seek my kingdom first and all of these things will be added to you. Here's the the struggle that we have with this is we don't believe that. You know why I know? Because when COVID happens, you know what we do? We don't seek first the kingdom of God. We seek first uh, to quarantine and hide and stay away from everything else. When, when something bad happens at the job, um, we don't seek the kingdom of God first. We seek to make our resume dust it off a little bit because we're going to be needing it soon. When, when the bank account's running short, we don't seek the kingdom of God first. Instead, what we do is we call discover and ask them to increase the limit. But what happens when we seek the kingdom of God first? All these things shall be added. Shalom will come into your life. All that's broken will be healed and made whole. And you know what? I'm looking. I see you. I've heard your stories. I I know where there's things that are broken. I know where there's relationships that are torn. I know where where you're needing God to come into your life right now and show himself strong. And God wants to do that so bad. But we, the, he, He's given us this secret. Don't do this. Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't be anxious. Why? Because none of that's going to help you. But do this. Seek first the kingdom of God. And my challenge is to you today, seek first the kingdom of God. And when you seek first the kingdom of God, don't be surprised when that relationship gets restored. Don't be surprised when that job that you hate or that person at the job you hate all of a sudden becomes the most favorite person in the best job that you've ever had in your life. Whenever I I think about peace, I think about my grandma. Grandma Howard on my mom's side. And every once in a while, when family would get together, which I mean every time, when family would get together, inevitably the wheels would come off and there there would be all kinds of just chaos. Have you guys ever experienced chaos when you get family together? There would be chaos. And then grandma, when she had enough, she would say, peace, be still. And the storms of our family ceased. And I remember one time, I, I, I made a lot of bad mistakes. And I remember one time when we're together as a family, and, and I'm, I'm a teenager, about 13 years old. And the chaos is going on. And I jokingly did... In grandma's presence and in my mom's presence, I jokingly said, peace, be still. 
And then all of a sudden, I got hit in the back of my head so hard by my mom, the one human that loved me more than anyone in this world. But here's something I remember about grandma. Whenever she would make coffee, and I never understood this as a kid. Whenever she would make coffee, she would pour it into her cup until it overflowed into her saucer. I, I, don't, I, I can still see the table that she would sit at because then she would take the cup and, and, and sit it down on the table and then she would drink from the saucer. And then she would take the cup and put it back in the saucer and it would always leave this little coffee mark. I never understood that. And then I, I came across this poem. I want to read it to you today. The poem is called, My Cup Has Overflowed. And it reads this way, I've never made a fortune and it's probably too late now. How many can say amen to that? But I don't worry about it that much. I'm happy anyhow. And as I go along life's way, I'm reaping better than I sowed. I'm drinking from my saucer. Because my cup has overflowed. I haven't got a lot of riches. And sometimes the going's tough. But I've got loving ones all around me. And that makes me rich enough. I thank God for His blessings and the mercies He's bestowed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. I remember times when things went wrong. My faith wore somewhat thin. Maybe you're here today and your faith is thin. Matter of fact, your faith is like hope. It's the substance of things not seen. But all at once the dark clouds broke and the sun peeped through again. So Lord, help me not to gripe about the tough rows that I have hoed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. If God gives me strength and courage when the way grows steep and rough, I'll not ask for other blessings. I've already been blessed enough. And may I never be too busy to help others bear their loads. Then I'll keep drinking from my saucer. Why? Because my cup has overflowed. You know, I, I live this out Thursday. Thursday, I woke up with an agenda. Have you ever woken up with an agenda? I had something that needed to get done for me. And so I leveraged some friends. And, and the way you leverage friends is you pick them up. Because if you pick them up, you got to drop them off. And so I picked one up and we went and picked the other up. And we went and had breakfast. Because that's what we were getting together for. And I said, guys, uh, do you all mind? I said, uh, let's go. And we stopped by the church. And I did a little work at the church. Then we went down the road. And, and there was somebody in need. And 
Um, one of the guys was supposed to, he, matter of fact, he, he said, uh, I'm going I'm to rat on him. It was Josh Tellefson and Brandon Reynolds. And Josh said, well, you know, guys, if, if I don't get what Hannah wants done, I'm in trouble and I'm blaming you all. Well, it just so happened we showed up. She's at the building where something needed to get done. And the something that we thought might take hours to do took five, ten minutes. Well, right across from that building is the new ministry that, that we have started in the old New Harmony Church. It's called The Well. And so we went over to the well because there was this refrigerator in the basement of the well. This refrigerator had gotten turned off about four months ago with food in it. And so we promised each other we will not open those doors. We can get this out of the building without opening doors. Well, you know everything goes smooth, right? Wrong. The tools we needed we didn't have. The door was a little too narrow and the refrigerator a little too wide. Everything kept getting in the way. And so what do we do? We started taking things off. Guys like doing that. We took off the, the things on the refrigerator. We took off the railings on the stairs. I mean, if it got in the way, we were taking it apart. And then all of a sudden, we're finished. Well, we don't stop there. I get a call. There was a family that we had been ministering to and, and they had a need. And, and someone had asked me, will you go and just kind of look at this? I don't know what I don't know. And so the three of us, we showed up and, and we saw a need. And then two hours later, that need was fixed and provided for. You know, I woke up that morning with an agenda. And that agenda was spelled Ronnie Tabor. That agenda had my name all over it. And not one of the things on my agenda got completed. And late last night, I got a text from one of those guys saying, thank you for letting me be a part of that ministry that we did all day Thursday. Yeah. You see, that's what happens. That's what peace is like. That's when the brokenness of your life, because the, the truth of the matter is, when, when your life is broken, when your life is hurting, when you're in that low spot, the, the very person that you wake up with an agenda for is in the mirror. And yet you'll find out that one day, if you will just forget about the person in the mirror and seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added. The agenda that I woke up with on Thursday morning that didn't happen... On Saturday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, as I look at my, that, uh, that agenda was taken care of. Better than I probably could have done it on Thursday. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Let me close with just two verses. And a message from Jesus Christ to you in the season of Advent. Here's what Jesus says. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace. You know what my peace, what Jesus' peace is? The Bible describes it as the peace that passes all understanding. 
And what Jesus is telling every one of us that are here today, everyone that's watching this, no matter when you watch this, he's telling you that my peace I give to you. And then he clarifies, not as the world gives, not as Ronnie gives with an agenda. And then he closes with this, let not your hearts be troubled. That's a long way of saying fear not. Neither let them be afraid. How do we get this peace? All the answer has been there the whole time, by believing. We saw that in Romans chapter 15 where he says, May, the, may God fill you with all peace in believing. What was the, the um, challenge of the, the, uh, a, uh, the angels to the shepherds? They had to believe. Did the shepherds believe what the angels said? Yes, because they went and checked and they saw the Messiah. What was the solution for the father with the child who had a problem? It was to believe, if you could only do this, to Jesus, the Messiah. And, and, and really what he was saying wasn't that he didn't question if Jesus could do it. He questioned, would Jesus do it for him? Maybe you're in that same position today. And you're wondering, how do I get this peace? By believing. How do I get this completeness in my life? By believing. And here's the thing. If you want the peace that passes all understanding, you've got to give up the understanding. You see, we want to figure it out. We want to know how it happens. You know, I learned this a long time ago. You know, most of us, when we pray and we ask God for something, we try to figure out and, and give God the solution. You know, God, if you would just give me more money, I could solve this problem. And God's thinking, I could just take care of that problem. Or we go to God, God, if you could just restore this relationship with this person, that would make my life complete. And God says, you don't understand the emptiness that's going to come because of what you're asking for. You know, the, the children of Israel learned this in the, the wilderness. The Bible says that they... Um, that God gave them their request but sent leanness into their soul. How many times have you asked something for God that wasn't what He really wanted for you? And it wasn't until after that you got it that you realized that the great theologian Garth Brooks was right when he said, thank God for unanswered prayers. How many of us are just like that father? And we say to God, I believe. And what we really mean is, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Does anybody in here need some help with your unbelief? If you all would, stand. And I'm, I'm going to pray a, a blessing over you. This is the, the closing. So, so we've done simple church the last couple of weeks. Church, I, I see you. I see those that are hurting. I see those that are spending Christmas without family. Spent Thanksgiving alone. I see those that are um, faced with uh, corona, with friends and family, and you're isolated. And 
I see many that are spending the first Christmas without a loved one. If I see that, I want you to know that God in heaven sees it. And he sees your heart so much better than I can. And here's the message that God has to you. Fear not. Why? Because none of your worry and none of your fear is going to fix the problem. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God. I'll solve your job problem. I'll solve your bank problem. I'll solve your relationship problem. If you'll seek my kingdom, I'll take care of yours. But, there's a, but you've got to believe it. You, you hear me say this a lot. You know, there's no money-back guarantees in God's economy. He doesn't have a commercial that says, you know, ask and I will give it to you. And if it's not exactly the way that you want, uh, uh, within 180 days, you can pray again and I'll restore whatever you, it costs. He, God doesn't do that. He doesn't need to. The problem is that's our mindset. That's the way the world does it. That's not the way God gives us peace. The way God gives us peace is He restores, He makes complete, He fills our heart. And and I just want you to understand something. I I won't do it right now, but if you go to Luke chapter 12 and, and verses 49 through 52, Jesus says these words, I have come not to give peace, but to create division. And you read those and you're like, oh, Okay, that explains it. I'm in Luke chapter 12. I'm not over there in Mark. And I'm here to tell you that here's the difference. Is you're looking for peace between you and someone else. And what God wants to do is give you peace. And if you'll accept the peace that God gives. If you'll allow Him to make your life whole. If you'll allow Him to restore what has been broken. To give back what the enemy has taken. If you allow God to do that by seeking His kingdom first, you will experience peace. Because war is going on. 2020 ain't done yet. And you know what? When 2020 finishes, there's 2021. Folks, if you are looking for a good year, go buy tires. I, I learned this the hard way, church. I spent three years calling, I, I, every year I started off, this was going to be the best year ever. B-Y-E, best year ever. And every one of those years took me to a lower place. And it wasn't until I quit seeking Ronnie's agenda that I experienced what peace is really like. Who wants that Peace. All right, just hold your hands up right now while I pray. God in heaven, I just ask, Lord, and I take you up at your promise. And Lord, I I ask that those that are watching this online, those that are here right now with their hands raised, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill them and show them that, Lord, they can give up the anxiety, they can give up the worry, Lord, that they would do that right now. That your Holy Spirit would just take that away. God, that that relationship, that they they can set that down. And they can can say the words of the psalmist, except the Lord builds this, it's all done in vain. God, I pray that, that, that your words would be heard, that your Holy Spirit speak into these hearts. And God, that they will 
make the decision to seek your kingdom. And then, God, I just ask that you, go, you follow up on the words that you promised and that all these things, everything that's broken, everything that's missing, everything that is hurting, that, that allows them to not have fullness of life, God, I pray that you would restore that. I ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.